morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Rossin. Happy to have you here with me today. Thank you for joining me on this lovely Saturday, this gloomy, rainy Saturday. It's so funny. I started off the summer talking about how May was just so beautiful in the summer. It's been nothing but rain. I think they're messing with the weather. I think they're messing with the weather. Um, I think that um, the gay lizard child eaters are somehow manipulating the weather. Um, you know, it's been uncharacteristic. The weather everywhere this year has been a little different from what I've heard from people. I think some of it has to do with the wildfires, quote-unquote, in Canada. You know, they weren't started wildly. They were, the, we should call them the intentional fires. The intentional controlled fires in Canada, and who knows what else they're up to. Who knows what planes have been spraying in the air and just, I don't, I don't know, man. I have a feeling that they're messing with the weather because they want to push this climate change thing. Um, so there's my tinfoil hat for the day. But it's true. Yeah, you know it's true. They're doing something. They're doing something. They'll make either, they're going to find a way to force it to happen. All the cow, the cow farts are ending the earth. You must eat the bugs. You must eat the bugs and stay in the house, or else. Like these, like it's all, it's all these guys in Switzerland, dude. They all go to Switzerland, where they're testing that giant portal, which is basically what it is. I mean, Switzerland, dude. There's, there's got to be a portal straight to hell in Switzerland or something. I bet you they meet with the Nephilim there. So the Nephilim are biblical giants. Uh, Genesis 6, 8 through 11, I think, talks about the Nephilim. And I think the Nephilim are still here. So, like, I think that the way that we understand the inside of the earth is completely incorrect. Or not even that how we understand it. I think we've just been lied to, right? I think... Here's one of the crazier ones. Google, just do this on your own. Overlay a map. So Google map of uh, mysterious disappearances in the U.S. And then overlay that map so it'll highlight everywhere there's, you know, high concentration of mysterious disappearances. And then Google a map of the U.S. cave system and overlay the two. It's identical. It's identical. And when people get abducted, quote-unquote, by aliens, they all say the same thing. Why is it that everybody that gets abducted by an alien says that the alien tried to bang them? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always sexual in nature. Seriously, if you read at least 70 to 80% of extraterrestrial abductions accounts of these. Everybody says the same thing. They probe me. They try to have sex with me. They try to somehow inseminate me. Dude, it's it's very strange. <laughs> it's very strange. I think it's the Nephilim. What are the Nephilim? They believe that the Nephilim are like, uh, they're giants, first of all. They have an extra toe, an extra uh, finger that are, uh, the Nephilim are, are half angel, half humans. Like angels came down, the fallen angels came down and procreated with the humans and created Nephilim. I mean, the Nephilim are mentioned several times in the Bible. That's, that's what I think they are. 
Anyways, I think they're trying to create some kind of a super race, right? <laughs> you guys are like, dude, this guy's off his rocker. I, listen, I'm a pretty smart guy. I like to think I'm a very smart guy. I don't just believe something for no reason. And I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm 100% in on this. It's a theory. But, boy, does it make sense. Hold on, I'm going to get an energy drink. So, yeah. I think the netball... <laughs> I think the Nephilim are pulling people into caves and banging them to try to make a super race. <laughs> I like walk inside and have a very normal interaction with the cashier talking about tattoos. I'm like, I'm going to come out here and talk about the Nephilim and caves. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> when they come to try to take me away, I think if they if they try to like Andrew Tate me, they already tried the whole you know me too whatever thing and I have to flop. Um, I think if they try to Andrew Tate me, they're gonna say I'm crazy. You know they're gonna show up with the guys in the white coats and try to take me to the Sticky Sock Palace, which yeah you're all gonna die if you do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good luck. But uh. uh I'm going to die, too. Fifteen to twenty of you are coming with me. They're going to call it the. They're going to call it the Wyndham Massacre. That's assuming it happens here. I can't wait to build a compound, dude. It's going to be impenetrable. I'm going to get a tank. <laughs> I'm going to have a tank just sit right outside the front of the house. You know, just uh, and, and uh, I want enough land. So we're looking at like 115 acres. I want a runway for a jet too. There's all kinds of toys that I want. And they're mostly weapons. Um, but it's something, yeah, the Nephilim pulling people in the caves and banging them, trying to make a super race. Uh, and I think that the main entrance to the main cave is in Switzerland and that the global elite are in cahoots with the Nephilim and the devil. Uh, I mean, why would the, uh, if the devil's the king of the, well, he's not the God, Jesus is the king of the earth, devil's prince of the earth, whatever. But I think God, uh, He's in probably in direct communication with, uh, I wonder what he looks like. I wonder what the physical manifestation. I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out because he'd probably kill me immediately. You know what I mean? I'm at, like, you can't even, you can't even look at one of God's pinky toenail hairs. You know what I'm saying? And Satan was supposed to be the most beautiful angel at one point. And anytime you have an encounter with an angel in the Bible, usually the people almost drop dead. Like Ezekiel, I think, dropped dead for a second. The angel's like, whoa, whoa, get up there, champ. What am I going to tell the big man? <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what was I going to talk about today that didn't have to do with giants trying to bang people and make a super race? Uh, <laughs> shoot, I had a topic. Wasn't the weather. Wasn't my tinfoil hat theories. Actually had a real topic I wanted to talk to you guys about. Turn <sighs> it. Oh. I guess I was gonna I was gonna talk a little bit about um you know, I, I tell you guys a lot that you should find a way to create a lifestyle for yourself where you don't have to be at a certain place at a certain time. I think the most liberating like imagine going back and like telling like uh, I don't know, somebody from I don't know, 1600 set, you know, they had to, there was a schedule. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe there was a schedule back then. I'm thinking even further back than that, you know. 
I'm not saying that people didn't do things around the same time every single day, but like, you know, I just caught myself. I'm rushing out of the gas station to get in my car, and I sit in my car, and I'm like, okay, what do I? Okay, I'm in the middle of a podcast. I drink some of this bang. I eat some of this Rice Krispie treat. I'm like, why am I rushing? It's a Saturday. And then I'm like, why would I rush any day at all for any reason? <clears throat> I don't have to rush. It's from 11 years, 10 years. Better be all go to. We got to get back to the office. We got another meeting that we're gonna have to sit through, and it's the same shit that we rehashed this morning. We're gonna rehash again, but yeah, yeah. It's the whole. Then after that, we're gonna have another meeting. This guy from home office is coming, and then oh, then we have another meeting because this guy got in trouble, and then we're gonna have to yeah, just, yeah. And then we have phones. I don't know. I just uh, I'm just very uh, glad that I don't have to abide by a schedule at all. You know, meetings are so gay. I try to minimize or eliminate meetings at all costs. They're necessary sometimes, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, growing up in sales, all the meetings I ever went to were just like people talking about themselves. You know, it's just what I did. If you want to do what I did, and most of the time I was doing better than they were. You know what I mean? If you want to do what I did, this would, yeah, it's just, <laughs> meetings are so stupid. Meetings are gay. They're pointless. They're useless. It's like, if you have a meeting about things that need to be resolved, it should be done in about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. That's That's the longest meeting that you should possibly have. I think most meetings could get done. <laughs> in 15 minutes if they're well executed and well planned. I think if you're going to do any type of motivational meeting, it should be like a once a month thing. I don't, I, I you know, we used to go from like, I can remember like, and I coordinated a lot of this. Be like motivational meeting in the morning, motivational meeting in the, in the early afternoon, motivational meeting uh, halfway through the evening. You know what I'm saying? It's like, First of all, you got diminishing marginal returns. And second of all, how well do motivational meetings work? Like, you can't motivate. What I've found, dude, is you cannot motivate somebody into success. Let's switch gears. <clears throat> it's it's either they got it or they don't. And I'm not saying that you can't develop the skill set required for success. But I can't tell you, if I had 100 people come up to me after a motivational meeting and tell me how much it impacted them and how much I spoke to them and how many changes they were going to make and how they were going to do this and how maybe maybe one would walk away and actually execute maybe one if I were to just like go back through Instagram DMs Facebook DMs well my Instagram I've got like six or seven Instagrams that are long gone Facebook DMs, old text messages, which all mine erase like every 90 days or something like that. I would wreck it. I mean, if I were to just pull all the people that said that they were going to do something special and then check in with them right now, oh, man, it's going to be very disappointing. I don't know if any of them would. I don't know. Out of a thousand people, I would say maybe three. That's the ratio. That's the ratio. 
why do 997 people become just, you know, normies? And I'm not saying that you can't be successful as a normie. I'm talking about people that said that they were going to do big things and then relegated themselves uh, to a life of just mediocrity. Mediocracy? Mediocrity. I don't know. You know what I'm saying. I don't know why certain words recently. I don't know if I've got a brain worm or what. I hope not. That's the last place I want a worm. It's in my brain. Somebody's leaking information up there. They, they put it. They, oh, no, the Nephilim banged me and microchipped me. <laughs> and they're leaking words. <laughs> but you, I, why do so many people... It's because it's really easy to... Becoming motivated, motivated costs nothing more than how do you become motivated? You find something on Spotify or YouTube or you're invited to sit in on a meeting. That's the cost of getting your big old fat butt to a meeting somewhere. There's nothing like that's how you know motivation is a cheap high. You know, you guys see what I'm saying? Like, you can, here's a great example. You can buy a two or $3,000 cold plunge, regulate your sleep to where you go to bed, wake up at the same time every single day, cut out completely, cut out drugs and alcohol completely, drink enough water, go to the gym, and over six months to a year, you can increase your body's natural dopamine pr- uh, production and feel much better generally day to day. Or you could snort a line of blow. <laughs> Seriously. You could buy you could spend thousands of dollars on diets, supplements, cold plunges, work out, have some good sex, well, of course, with your married partner. Be disciplined, cut out drugs and alcohol entirely, drink enough water. Get sunlight in your eyes every morning, first thing in the morning. Get rest, meditate, and over the course of six months to a year, you'll increase your body's natural dopamine. Or you can shoot some smack. Seriously. One takes time. It takes discipline. It takes patience. It's highly, it's very costly in terms of time and money. And the other one's cheap. I mean, you could get a gram, or you could get an eight ball of blow for what? 300 bucks they go for now? 300, 350? And that would keep you, I don't know how long it would take to do an eight ball of cocaine. A couple of days. It would keep you high for a couple of days. It's cheap. But what do you have? You have peaks and valleys. Really high highs and really low lows. Really high highs and really low lows. And it's and it's what's interesting is is this actually good for you or are those artificial? Do they have a positive lasting impact? Now I'm not comparing getting motivated to doing cocaine. I am, but I'm not. You guys understand? I'm not saying it's like getting motivated is as bad as doing a a line of blow. What I am saying is that it's cheap and the high doesn't last long. Boom. That's what I'm saying right there. It doesn't actually have a measurable, positive, long-term effect on your life. 
So you, listen to me, need to stop looking to be motivated. I would say I'm motivated less than 10% of the time. I want to say what I just said to you again. I want you to look at my physique. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but look at how I look. I could be proud of that. I've built that very meticulously over the course of three to four years. Look at, you know, the success I've had in business. Look at my life, my lifestyle, my relationships. Okay. I'm probably motivated less than 10% of the time. I'm just as motivated as the normal person is. What's the difference? Well, the difference is in the D. Difference. Discipline. Discipline. I don't, I didn't feel this morning. I woke up this morning, I had a little bit of a tummy ache. I don't know what's going on. Like the top of my stomach hurts. I don't know if I, oh, top of my stomach hurts. I like almost feel like I need to burp, but I don't. I don't know. It's weird. Like it's a tinge of nausea. I don't know what's going on. But it's cloudy out. It's raining. And I'm like, I guess. And I'm like, oh, you know what, dude? It's, it's a weekend. I don't need to do the cold plunge. <laughs> you start telling yourself stuff like that. I still met. How long have I been talking about cold plunging with you guys? doesn't get any easier. But I still do it, right? And I'm like, ah, dude, Jim, today, I'm like, dude, I'm sore. My neck hurts. I got a tummy ache. I don't guess where I'm on my way to right now. So, Jim. That's all. I see all these normal people. They start a diet. They start an exercise regimen. They start this. They start that. And how long? Maybe a week. Maybe a couple of days. And you're like, well, I don't feel like it. <clears throat> or I got a tummy ache. Or I got a boo-boo. Or my, I'm in boo-boo. I, I'm sad. And you give it up. You don't think I get sad? <laughs> you don't think I get frustrated? You don't think I don't feel the pressures of life? Again, I would welcome anybody, anywhere, anytime, to just take, just take a few steps, not even walk a mile. <laughs> take a lap <laughs> in my shoes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got every excuse to be, but the way that things keep running and the way that things stay, get out of my anus, dude. This dude, this little Subaru is like up on me right now. Yeah, you little Subaru driving pencil neck dork. I know what you look like before even. I don't even need to pull you out of your car. <clears throat> it's like trying to prove some point. What do you think I cut you off at the light, light back? What are you going to do about it? <laughs> dude, it's crazy. Did you guys see that video of that guy that uh, he followed this dude? There was a road rage incident. This little tiny guy followed this guy in a truck into a parking lot and ran up to him saying, I'm going to kill you. And the dude in the truck picks him up. I don't know. Somehow gets behind him. Picks him up and puts him in a chokehold. This dude's legs are kicking in the air and the dude throws him down into the asphalt. Wham! The coolest thing I've ever seen. You never know who you're going to encounter. I've told you guys. I've made a whole episode about not getting in road rage incidents because you don't even know. You don't know. I don't even do it. I try not to. I've followed, I've followed a few people for making some pretty dumb and errant mistakes, but I don't even do it. You never, I could get out of my car 
and it could be a 5'7", 130-pound Asian lady that decides to blast me right in the chest with a shotgun. You never know. There, my whole life is over. Imagine, like, I'd like to think you're in limbo for a second. You know, that's another thing. When we die, I don't think we necessarily, we don't go to heaven or hell right there. It says that in the end times, God's going to blow the trumpet, everybody's going to be judged, and then we know where we're going to go. So I think when you die, at first you're in limbo. Like, you know, I had my great-grandmother's funeral the other day, and it was a Catholic priest who was a, these guys just are goofballs. But anyway, you know, he's like, you know, Hannah's in heaven right now. I'm like, I know she's going there, but is, like, when we die, does that happen right? I don't know. Somebody that's listening to this, let me know your thoughts. i got to ask my dad. My dad would know. But I think when we die, we're kind of like, I'm not purgatory. That doesn't exist. I'm saying, like, maybe we're asleep, you know, for a little bit. But I like to think you have a chance to reflect on, like, what happened. <laughs> and I would be so embarrassed. If I just, you know, road rage, get out of the car, blam, some Asian lady blows my lungs out of my chest with a 12 gauge, <laughs> just saws me in half, right? That would be a, not a cool way to go. Like, imagine dying in a road rage incident. Like, that would be what a waste of life, but it happens. <clears throat> so you can't be going around messing with people. Like, this guy that was just tailing me has no idea that there's a 250-pound gorilla in the car in front of him with a gun. You know what I mean? As if I wasn't scary enough. Oh, also, I'm armed. This thing's got 16 rounds and one's chambered, baby. Let's go. No, I'm serious. Like, you got to be careful out there, man. You never know. People are nuts. People are off their rockers. It's not a road rage incident. It's because you walked too close to a cave and got banged by the Nephilim. <laughs> That's today's episode. I don't even remember the constructive stuff we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Whatever I said, listen to what I said and do it, okay? Don't ask questions. Stop questioning the process. All right, I love you guys.